Hello again, listeners, and happy Valentine's Day. Thanks, Mill, for coming along to another episode of Glow West, where we chat all about the wonders of sex, sexuality, and the body. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West, and I'm always delighted to be a part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society, and, of course, my favourite topic of sex. If you like what we do, please do support the Shack to be up and running, so you can support us at patreon.com forward slash Tortoise Shack. It does help to keep the mics going. Or if you like, please pop over to Apple and Spotify now to rate and review. And before we start, I just want to give a shout out to my listeners in Fiji who apparently have recently discovered the podcast and are binging on it because it's been number one for coming up to three weeks now in Fiji. So thank you so much to all my listeners in Fiji. Um, If you want to get in touch, I will happily send you some lube and some condoms to say thank you. And I hope you're really enjoying your journey of sexual wellness. So good on you. So Valentine's Day, what could be more romantic than a bit of anal sex? Uh, that's a statement some might agree with, some might not agree with, but I think it's fair to say there's a lot of people interested in the wonderful world of anal. Um, so to discuss how to do this the right way and how to actually get pleasure out of it rather than anal terrors or anything, I have a fabulous guest with me today. Today I'm talking to Dean O'Reilly, who is the Vice President for Wellbeing in DCU, so that's a college in Dublin. He's also a psychology graduate from DCU. He's a sex educator, facilitator, and a general gay person. So that's always good to see. So Dean, how is your general gayness? <laughs> yes, thank you so much for the introduction. I've, I've done a number of different podcasts, uh, uh, chromatica reviews. I actually used to host my own uh, little radio show in DCU back when I was a student. Um, but I've never had one that dedicated just to anal. So I think uh, we'll have a really nice conversation. There's a lovely um, pun there about popping a cherry or something in there. <laughs> something so, like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, I mean, look, it's Valentine's Day. What else would we be doing? More romantic maybe than roses for some people. So I agree. Yeah, right. More, more creative, perhaps. So <laughs> now there's a right way and a wrong way to do anal. And anal is for everybody, the own, regardless of gender, sexuality, what kind of genitalia you're working with. The only difference is some people have a prostate and some don't, but generally things are pretty much the same across the the spectrum that's out there. So first of all, tell us why, what's the big deal with anal? Why are people interested in anal sex? Yeah, well, I I suppose I like to give this uh, like contextual disclaimer a lot of times when I have these conversations around bottoming and anal and that sort of different thing is that I I do come from it from a perspective of like a cis gay man, right? So um, I do try to keep any sort of conversation that I have as uh, diverse and as inclusive as possible. But that is my lived experience of it. So um, I do think my uh, initial lens into like the world of anal and people trying anal does come from for a lot of gay men, this is how they have sex with one another, um, and and certainly was my introduction. Um, but I do think um, over the last, even the last couple of years, maybe two or three years, um, we've seen or I've seen uh, a real interest from a bunch of different types of people being interested in this type of sex and this type of intercourse, right? Um, and I think it's interesting to see, let's say, the interest, particularly among uh, straight, like assigned male at birth men, right? Um, in it, and maybe interested in trying out with their girlfriends or their partners, wherever they're seeing, and how that genuine interest contrasts the 
what most people's introduction is to anal sex, which is like really violent, aggressive porn, right? Mm. Um, With I, no lube, I, no preparation. Just no lube, no preparation. Stick it in there. Almost, almost a. Uh, can I convince you to let me yeah. have sex with you to, uh, anally, you know? Um, and so I'd really love to see, <laughs> let's say, an ideal uh, anal um, positive world uh, where that's, like, not what our main uh, frame of reference is for that type of sex. Um, yeah. Because yeah. even in, in, like, straight porn, it's, like, it, it someone, like, there's a penis going into a vagina and the next minute it's just, whoop, straight in, yeah. full force yeah. into an anus. And, like, what we forget about porn is, like, it's a performance. They've probably stopped the clip before then. There's a Definitely. bunch of lube up there. There's being prep. It's, like, it's not what we see on the screen. But the problem mm-hmm. with a lack of porn literacy is people think that that's not necessarily real. But if you have no clue, you're like, oh, that's how they do it. That's how the professionals do it. So, therefore... I'm going to do it. And that results in like a, not a very nice experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Exactly. And there's, uh, uh, you know, I think there's a bunch of uh, different elements that play into people's attitudes towards anal sex. Right. And um, I think initially uh, we have these attitudes that we pick up from that sort of porn that we're talking about. And um, secondary to that, then I think a lot of it is, homophobia laced right of that's the type of sex that those like dirty gay people have I don't know anything about that don't want to be associated with that that can't be about me um, and then uh, then they're like sort of towards the end of our frame of reference is this idea of like well that must be really messy and not really um comfortable or hygienic or and um, that's for like really promiscuous uh the you know the undesirable people and um, like uh, sex workers and people in porn etc um, and and then there's also i think a, a mixture of um particularly in ireland because of course that's what my frame reference is um this like catholicism catholic shame like again anything that seems in any way taboo people kind of clutch their pearls that can't be about me um but like even if we take this idea that let's say sex is supposed to be male focused right which it's not of course but i i do find it an interesting paradox that uh, men assigned male at birth men um have the most to gain from from penetrative anal sex and um, yet typically they're the most affronted by the idea of it mm-hmm. which is really hilarious uh, in yeah, my view. it's such a pity though it's like they miss out and so much like the prostate is a pretty awesome body part to have mm-hmm. like i'm i'm a, a quite proud owner of a clitoris but i wouldn't mind being a proud owner of a prostate that seems like yeah. a pretty fun body part to have like there's so many awesome nerve endings and feelings and like you can have a completely different intense kind of orgasm and it just it's really sad that all that is closed off because people are like oh no that's gay or oh I'm weird if I do that or dirty or like you said like it's a kind of nasty thing it's like oh they do anal like it's viewed derogatory and it's like oh like yeah it's just that's just really frustrating and do you get that a lot like even in the gay community are there people who like have issues around anal or is it just you know because not everyone who's gay has anal sex yeah yeah of course yeah like not everyone who's who's gay enjoys penetrative sex not everyone who's gay is interested in in sex as, as a concept or as, as as an activity um but yeah and you know i'll talk a bit about my own personal experience and then a bit more generally about what my experience has been in the community but even 
I, it's like hilarious looking back now in terms of like my growing up and my coming out and how long that took for me but I would be <laughs> I would be this like teenager dating women and I'm like extremely homosexual. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 hilarious now. When <laughs> to I an back. extreme level. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you look up uh, gay in the dictionary, like my photo is there, my my nice headshot is there. But dating women and then uh, you know as you're exploring porn as as a young person, looking up porn, but like. I wouldn't watch porn that involved anal because that's too gay, right? I can watch um, like solo porn of just one man, which arguably might be more gay than two men. But anyway, that aside, right? Um, so even myself growing up, I had these really um, taboo, negative opinions of anal. That's really gay. That's for gay people. If I like this, if I watch this, that means I'm gay. You know, as time went on, I came out, I got over that. But then within the gay community, um, there's this, again, another interesting paradox of four gay men who are interested in penetrative sex with one another. This is the type of sex that they can have for the most part. Of course, there are trans men who may be able to have sex in other ways. Um, but in general terms, that's the type of sex that they can have. But people who bottom, so people who are being penetrated, are perceived as these um, inferior, uh, passive, um, less than, uh, extremely feminine, as if being feminine is a bad thing. But, you know, um, people, and it's almost like, bottoms are treated as these like uh, the end of the joke like uh, lower in the social hierarchy um which is so strange um i don't know why we hold those i think really it comes from misogyny more than anything else yeah it's this yeah. comparison of someone being penetrated as someone who is a woman mm -hmm. and therefore if you're a woman you are less than right so obviously that intersects yeah, yeah there's definitely that and that's a conversation you know we'll have well probably more in depth another day like that misogyny of of the queer community as well um but even like you know does it does that kind of apply if you had like you know the the, the bear type you know that that kind of uber masculine type is that is is and and they were going for the same type themselves like is there still that stigma around bottoming in that kind of level of community yeah yeah it's so you'll have like pockets and uh, particularly among let's say <laughs> like uh, gay people who use twitter a lot right like what i'd call twitter gays and particularly in the in the u.s context extremely sex positive extremely like sexual uh, focused and like will post photos and videos of one another bottoming complimenting one another so there's like pockets of that right and um, but I, I do think in general, someone who bottoms so is penetrated is still to a degree thought of as the person who is giving something up, right? Like they are not the, um, the person in control of that situation. Um, and uh, among like, let's say hyper-masculine men, um, it's almost like one of them has to let go a part of their masculinity to do this. Um, and they'll only do that in, in certain scenarios and circumstances. And I do think that there is this um, interconnection or intertwinement between masculinity 
and the idea of not bottoming, uh, which again, misogyny, etc. You know, yeah, and again, it's just really sad that we attach so many of these stereotypes and myths and commentary. It's literally a body part that has some cool nerve endings that feel really good. Like if we strip it yeah. back to that, that feels good. Like that's why people have anal sex because it feels good. But yeah. yeah, we have this the social attitudes to that as well. Um, but there there are, are there is a right way to have anal sex and a very much wrong way. And I'm always still it makes me really angry. Um, do you ever remember Geordie Shore and Charlotte Crosby in it? I'm pretty sure it's Charlotte. And she Yes, had, I, I think I've seen this, yeah. Yeah, and there was a bit where like, you know, I, I, I don't know if he fully penetrated her, but like they're having sex drunkly on camera because that's what Jordy Shore was all about. Yeah. Um, And I think she kind of said the morning after she was like, oh, what was that? You went in the wrong hole. And he was like, oh, yeah, just an accident. And it's like, that's not how it should really happen. And that's mm-hmm. also like a massive violation of consent, but also the yeah. recipe for a really bad experience because like preparation is the key for yeah. good anal sex. So like talk us through how to have good anal sex. Yeah, so I like to say that it, when it comes to it, like if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking to be penetrated, right? Let's take it from that perspective. Well, I suppose this goes for the people who are talking about them, but I do think that there are like three C's that go with uh, anal sex, right? First one being consent, because there is no sex without consent. Second one being communication. So oh, of course, communication is part of consent. But anyway, um, with communication, communicating what you're ready for, and um, if you're looking to be penetrated how so we're talking condom condom sex are we talking condomless sex are we talking a particular type of lube are we talking uh just the tip of the penis or whatever is going inside you are we talking the full thing and um, are we talking that you're looking to bottom after 20 minutes of foreplay or an hour of foreplay or no no foreplay or you know so communicating exactly what you're looking for and what's feeling good for you and then the third c would be desire right <laughs> Um, I'm not sure that's a C there. <laughs> it could desire. So um, when it comes to like the anatomy that goes along with anal sex, right? So the so everyone's familiar with the hole, right? Um, and so that would be your anus. And the anus has two sphincters, right? So one is the external sphincter. So that's the one that we have conscious control over. And so if you like clench at the moment or whatever, the thing that's clenching, that's your external sphincter. And you, you can control that with, with your own volition but there's another sphincter and uh, which is about three to four inches um, inside the anus or into the rectum that's your internal sphincter that you do not have volitional control over so if your body is not relaxed if you do not want to have anal sex or if you're uncertain that you want to have anal sex or if you're uncertain or thinking about something else that is distracting you it is going to be very difficult to achieve pleasurable anal sex now some people you know with more experience etc they can get down things a lot faster than others and but because of this internal sphincter and also because anal sex doesn't start out and now i assume vaginal sex is like this as well though i don't have any lived experience with that but anal sex does not start out immediately extremely pleasurable there is a bit of an adjustment that happens so yeah you gotta um, warm things up yeah yeah and you need to get used to whatever it is that's going inside you, whether it's a finger or it's penis or if it's a sex toy or if it's, I don't know, whatever it is that you're using, a fruit. I don't know what you're into. No, do not um, put fruit in your body. <laughs> not fruit, it's actually, not good. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's um, asking but, for some kind of like thrush or infection or something yeah there, there is that adjustment period of uh, whatever it is that's going inside you uh, getting inside you and giving your body maybe 30 seconds a minute to just adjust to the very act of something being in there and um, so that, those three three things of communicating consent like actually like knowing that you want this and um, and then there's some other practicalities of and um, maybe you're interested in douching which we can talk about more in depth and um, talking maybe you want to shave beforehand that's up to you and um, having the right lube and um, my general recommendation is um, a lot of um like it's better to have the larger bottles of lube like the ones that you can order rather than a very small like a sachet or something and um, because you might need more lube than you think you need you always um, need more lube always <laughs> more 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 like it's it's like a bottomless drink at a fast food place it's like you're gonna get more like that you need to go so treat yourself <laughs> <Exactly>. and prep <laughs> yeah and and then as well like there's uh, other things like um you might i i think a lot of th people who are interested in uh, bottoming they think about well does that mean i can't eat that day and i that's a really common misconception particularly among gay people gay men that they think okay well if i'm bottoming then i can't eat that day at all which is just ludicrous a ludicrous idea and no no person on this earth no sex on this earth is worth not eating for and i it, guarantee it's probably you going to be kind of crap because you're just going to go hurry up so i can eat like you're probably exactly. starving hungry exactly. feeling weak and tired like yeah that's no fun and porn stars so, eat beforehand like exactly like food preparation wise it's a good idea to avoid things that irritate your your bowels and irritate your stomach like if you know like a particular food runs through you really quickly maybe don't do that if you're lactose intolerant maybe don't have lactose that day but apart from that like you're fine yeah <laughs> you don't need to overthink too much no your um, body so isn't gonna like immediately dispel whatever you've just yeah. eaten so that's that's, that's not, not how it works, works. <laughs> yeah unless you those are like puppy. the immediate things that come to mind for yeah. me in terms of uh good practices so yeah like the, the lube thing is definitely really important but i think the, the type of lube is really really important too so we have different types of lube out there in the world like water-based and oil-based and oil can be really great for anal but not so good for condoms at the same time yeah. so do you have particular preferences of lube that you are um lubing yourself up with regularly as a general <laughs> gay person <laughs> yeah as, uh, as a general gay person and i tend to recommend to anyone who like comes to me in my personal life looking for these are uh, the more like silky lubes right mm. so they're not always necessarily silicone based because i know some people might be using silicone toys so they want to mix those together and um, they're usually water-based but they are thicker than the general water-based lube and um, like love honey has great ones and um, like love honey's um silk lubricant perfect i think my in my in my opinion um and then if if someone is trying bottoming and uh, they're noticing a water-based lube is not working for them at that point i would probably suggest going for a silicone-based lube because it's thicker um but then of course you have to have the considerations of what are you mixing with the silicone and um, i tend to veer away from recommending oil-based and as a last resort just because i like to encourage condom use as much as i can um but of course like people have different circumstances different uh, risk benefit analysis and etc so uh, oil-based also works uh, yeah. but in general i'd say like a silky water-based loop usually does does a good job 
Yeah, and Uberlube is actually great. And, you know, that's one I give away a lot. If anyone wants some samples, hit me up on, on Instagram. I can give away some samples because it's kind of oil-based, but you can use it with condoms, which is fantastic oh, to see. Because, um, yeah, the water base kind of gets absorbed by your body. So you're kind of putting yeah. more and more and more on all the time. So so talking about the number one concern I think a lot of people have is the poo factor. You know, yeah. that's where poo comes from. You know, there, <laughs> it, this is a risk. It doesn't come from the vagina. It doesn't come from anywhere else. Like if, yeah. if you are messing around with the anus, there is always going to be the possibility that there may be a little uh, addition to the experience, whether you planned it or not so talk us through that because look it's only a body fluid part thing so it's yeah. it's not that big a deal but it can be if you're not prepared for it maybe yeah yeah so like like feces is is a part and parcel of anal sex like at some point you will have to deal with it whether you're dealing with dealing with it prior to the intercourse during the intercourse or afterwards right and um, a lot of people will like to uh, take care of it beforehand which is fair enough um, so there's a number of different ways you can do that and um, usually I'd recommend something like going to the bathroom a couple of, maybe like two hours before whatever the session is and um, you can also try douching so you can douche in a number of different ways and um, most people uh, will use like a portable douche which is the type of douche you can get from like a, a sex toy website etc it kind of um, looks like a turkey baster kind of thing yeah yeah exactly um and so using a douche essentially what you're doing is you're just you're flushing water into uh, into your anus into your rectum to kind of let's say catch all the bits that might be inside your body that you're not uh, naturally getting rid of through whatever excretion you're doing right um so douching is fine some problems with douching is uh, people will over douche a lot so um my recommendation usually is if you're using portable douche, if you're filling the bulb, for lack of a better word, if you're filling the bulb, you're emptying that bulb into yourself, you're expelling that, and you've done that more than three, four times, and you're noticing that the water isn't as clear as you'd like it to be, maybe that day is just not the day to bottom. Or maybe it's the day to bottom, but you have to acknowledge that there might be a bit of a mess later on. Um, so if you overdouche too much, uh, the lining of the rectum is really thin uh, and it can dry out really easily. So if you dry out the lining of the rectum and also because it's thin, then you're really susceptible to like cuts and fissures and that sort of thing, which makes you more susceptible to STIs and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's um, what nobody wants to spend their time getting stitched up or getting poked at by a doctor exactly. to look at anal tears. So let's avoid that in the first place because yeah. that's no one's idea of fun, unless you're like a hardcore masochist um, who's <laughs> into that. But most people are not looking to get anal tears yeah. as a result. And like even that, that's really, you know, like a penis is generally soft enough, like obviously if it's erect it's hard but it's still softish like but a fingernail can be can do like quite a lot of damage on that delicate skin but yeah fingers are a massive part of anal sex yeah it's actually an interesting topic you bring up because my experience both personally and then a friend's um is like fingering as a practice is not really the preferred method of anal sex now of course i recommend people give it a go if you want but as you're mentioning, like the finger is a very rigid structure, um, and it can, and then when you have fingernails interplayed, like there's a lot that can just feel uncomfortable. Um, so usually, what what I recommend to people if they're looking to get into uh, anal is actually try like oral stimulation, uh, rimming first, rather than going straight for a finger. Um, and if you know that you've done like prep work 
in advance of the anal sex and where you're like, I'm not going to have an accident today or I'm happy with the cleanliness um, of myself. And usually that rimming can be quite an enjoyable experience for people. So um, I I would recommend that as well. And also helps uh, you relax a little bit because there's the warmth of the mouth and the lips, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing that a lot of people have almost like this quick factor over that, like they're kind of almost fine with, with say using a penis and a condom because you're kind of there's a bit of a barrier but mate to ask for a lot of yeah. people might be a bit uncomfortable because that's we have this image out there of like people walking around with unwashed asses all the time which yeah there is that population kind of out there but um how, how you know if you kind of go down there and and you, you kind of think oh this isn't really the cleanest I don't want to do that how do you gently say that to someone because that's kind of an awkward thing to say to somebody sometimes when you're just about to eat them out but then it's not kind of it's not going to work yeah so you know you can always uh, as you're getting down to things you can kind of uh without like fingering someone you can kind of touch around the area to give yourself a little sense of how things are but if you get into it and you're like this isn't this isn't it for me this, this isn't gonna work um you, like it really is open open honest communication of saying exactly what it is of you know what like i don't think that you're in the right place for me to to rim or at least like I'm not happy doing that so um we might try something else if you'd like or maybe we can do this another day or another time or maybe if you want to like go do something in the bathroom for a sec and like wipe yourself up a bit or hop in the shower or something you know it's really just like it's not about saying you're dirty and you're gross and you're disgusting it's about saying yeah you're not gonna have good sex after saying that to somebody be quite offensive the conditions are not what I'd like them to be for this uh, interaction. So let's uh, do something about that or try something else. I mean, that's a nice, polite way of saying things. So yeah, no, that's really nice. And you know what, like I, I was on the two Johnny's podcast recently and they had some um, listener questions coming in and they spoke about the Alabama Hot Pocket. And I was like, I just love how people come up with these names for sex acts. It's just fantastic. And this was a, a couple, I think they're hetero and he wanted a a bit of a towel put in his ass and then when he came the girlfriend would pull it out and then he'd have this great orgasm which makes sense Mm -hmm. but there is also poo that came out as well and like you know they were like is this weird and I was like nothing's weird when it comes to sex like it's all fine once it's all consensual but like I think that's a big thing for people like obviously maybe not a towel because that seems like really bad for that really delicate skin but like anal beads or something but like Mm -hmm. do you think like the poo side of things is like is a turn on for a lot of people i mean there are a lot of what are the scat fans but scat scatophiliacs uh, yeah i think that's the word out there in the world like and it's not the biggest deal anyway so yeah 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 like i'd say i my experience has been most people who are interested in anal sex like the the feces part of it is not what gets them going right but there are people who like don't actually like uh, let's say people who are topping right don't really like um the the anus and the ass and things to be like really clean right like spick and span clean some people prefer having anal sex with someone who maybe just went to the gym or they've just like not showered beforehand so there are some people who enjoy that you know and um it really comes down to like trial and error of having this type of sex with someone having this type of sex with a couple of different people and figuring out what it is that gets things going for you or not because maybe anal sex like isn't something that you enjoy and that's fine 
And there are a lot of gay people that don't like anal sex, a lot of straight people that don't like anal sex, a lot of people that don't like anal sex. And it's just about giving it a go and, and seeing if it does anything for you. Yeah, I, I think when you mentioned straight people there, I think a lot of people, straight men's introduction to things like pegging or, um, you know, for them to experience anal play, it was, it was things like Deadpool. Remember when um, his girlfriend yeah. brought out, did she bring out a strap on? I think something like that. Um, or it was mentioned in um, Broad City as well. So that mm. kind of spiked, you know, internet searches about, oh my gosh, what's pegging for a straight man? Um, what were your tips be that if someone did identify as straight and they wanted to try try this with a girlfriend and how to get past that that social barrier that's really in the way there yeah so and uh, as I said like you, you really need to feel comfortable and confident in the type of sex that you're looking to have here if you're trying to have anal sex so my first recommendation would be to figure out what sort of stimulation you like on your own first would be my recommendation before you go to a partner about it so uh, let's say if you're like jerking off or something try some sort of uh, stimulation of um, of the anus or maybe like try the insert finger or maybe try to find your prostate without actually inserting because you can do that so if you're talking about um, like the distance between like the anus and um, like the penis for example and um, if you're like just just between that space so kind of in the perineum or the taint as a lot of people will call it and um, you're, you're able to massage your prostate from the outside from there um, and a lot of people don't realize that there's a nerve and it's called the pudendal nerve and that connects from the prostate um, or the not necessarily the prostate but the like anus and stuff to the penis and so you can actually increase the stimulation that you're feeling of your penis by stimulating that nerve so first recommendation would be figure out what sort of stimulation you like on your own and then secondary to that then once you have that figured out i would go to your partner whoever it is and say hey i've been doing this thing on my own i find it really pleasurable interested in i'm interested in and uh, maybe uh, being pegged or like uh, being played with using a toy or maybe i just would like you to do what i do on myself and um, it's just something i find pleasurable do you want to do that with me? And then, you know, if they're not into it, I mean, they're not into it. Um, and then you've already figured out how to do it on your own. So just do it on your own. Yeah, I mean, yeah, self-pleasure and self-exploration is the key. Because like, yeah, how do you know? I've, you know, it's it's nice to prep your partner with going here I like it a bit to the left or like this or like that. Yeah. And there's a lot of straight men who that there would be a lot more comfortable if they were masturbating or had a girlfriend masturbate them and then they're pressing on the taint and all those kind yeah. of things. It's kind of a nice 101 intro kind of thing into things. So um, how would they go about bringing that up with a partner? Because a lot of people might be worried that they'd be judged by their girlfriend mm -hmm. if they, you know, said, hey, I'd like to try this. Because they're worried that people would judge them for being gay as if there's something wrong with being gay. And clearly there is not. Of course. Yeah, so I think it really comes down to like, uh, it depends what the context of course is, but if we're talking about someone who, let's say, has tried self-pleasure and they figured it out that way, I think it's a very uh, uh, easy, in brackets, conversation of like, I tried this because I heard that there's this prostate gland that apparently is really pleasurable. And I actually really liked it. And I think it would really heighten uh, the stimulation and the pleasure that I'm getting from sex and in general I think then that will mean we will have better sex with each other if I'm enjoying it more and so I'm interested in trying that out with you 
Um, so you could say something like, I listened to the, uh, the Glowist podcast and they talked about uh, this prostate and I tried figuring out and I actually liked it. Do you want to try that with me? Um, or I saw this Instagram post or whatever. So um, I think it's really taking it out of this context of gayness, right? And rather referring to it as, I have this gland <laughs> that is pleasurable. Do you want to explore that with me? That make, that makes some sense. It is literally just like there's a cool bit of my body. Like let's try that, and then yeah. prep, 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 and prep some more, and prep some more, and get the towels, and get the anal beads, and get the lube, and get condoms if that's what you're using, and um, yeah, get get sorted about it. Well, and you um. You you also so you you've done your bottoming workshops and things like that. What is a bottoming workshop for those who are not in the know? Yeah, so um, I started this uh, workshop um, a couple of years ago, back in twenty nineteen, I think it was maybe twenty eighteen, um, called Bottoming One Hundred One. And um, there's this um, there's this convention that happens each year known as Pink Training in, in Ireland, where uh, different LGBT societies in, in the country all go to one university for the weekend. And there's these workshops um, about like uh, queer life and all those different things like Trans 101 and uh, all those different things. And I noticed that there was a lot of people going to this uh, convention. And a lot of them would be interested in sleeping with one another. And a lot of them would be bottoming that weekend. But no one was having a conversation on um, uh, addressing the stereotypes of bottoming, addressing the prep work that goes into bottoming, addressing how do you get your vaccinations if you're a man who's sex with men, all those different things. So bottoming 101, which I facilitate, looks at some of the stereotypes that we have about bottoms, looking at who bottoms and why, why not, um, looking at the anatomy of anal sex, so talking about those different nerves I spoke about, and then quite literally, I then run through from start to finish, if you're having anal sex, what are some things that you can do that make it more pleasurable for you? Um, and then looking at stuff like, well, what about um, if I have an accident or what are some injuries I run into? I also talk about a little bit because there's this misconception um, that people who bottom are more likely to contract STIs and lots of different things. So talk about those myths um, and really just uh, drive home this point of anal sex is for anyone and bottoming is for anyone. Um, and there are some, for people who have prostate, there are some specifics that go along with that. And people who don't, again, some specifics of that. And let's talk about it and figure out how we can have that sort of sex in the best and most pleasurable way. Because for a lot of people, this is the only type of sex, penetrative sex that they can have. So why not be educated on the, the best ways and the most pleasurable ways to do that? Which is, it's like such common sense, but it's not like we got education on anal sex in school. Like, could you imagine the the teachers having to teach that like for a plate to them yeah. it would be embarrassing but it, sh it should be because people are going to do it like people are horny and curious and that's uh -huh. sometimes the recipe for disaster if they don't know <laughs> what they're doing because yeah, exactly. you know you're horny you're trying things out and that's not a bad thing but um talk to me about you had some responses to um <laughs> promote promoting the topic of anal sex to students uh -huh. Yeah, so it, in my job, I, I have access to an all-student mailing list, um, you know, that will go to some 18,000 students. Um, and I was promoting our annual sexual health and guidance week, so that would be Shagfest. And um, in Shagfest, I was facilitating bottoming 101 one of the days. And um, students notoriously 
won't open an email unless there's something in the subject line that catches attention, right? That was my experience when I was a student. I didn't open things unless I saw something that was like, oh, what's that, right? So I subjected my email just letting people know about the week, uh, sex, anal, and STIs, oh my, right? What a nice- um, That sounds great, yeah, her play. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice parody on an old uh, Judy Garland quote, yeah. right? Um, and before I sent out the email, I did have a moment to myself where I said, is including anal in this a bit much? Is it going to catch people off guard? I, you know, 18,000 people are going to get this. I don't know what scenario they'll be in. I don't know if they'll be around the parents when they get it. I don't know if, even if, you know, they're open to conversations around sex. But ultimately, the decision that I made when I said, you know, I'm just going to send it anyway with the subject line that I have in here is if I had just said sex and STIs, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. And anal, is the only type of sex that I can have, as the only type of sex, a penetrative sex that I can have, as the only type of sex that a lot of my friends can have. And it's the, it's a really intimate experience for me and a lot of people that I know. And why should I attach this further stigma along with the word um, and internalize that and perpetuate that stigma by taking it out of the subject line? So I kept it in. And I think um, what I like to say to people is like anal, the word is not a dirty word and i don't think people really like believe that in their minds but it isn't it's it's just a word and it's the type of sex that people have um, and so i sent it out and i there were some um the disappointed upset replies um, i i'd gotten a handful of requests to be taken off the mailing list and um, some responses saying that the email was disturbing etc well exact wording they said disturbing but um, ultimately, like, I don't take any of that personally because I know those responses are all because of the stigma that's attached with anal and anal sex. And I, I, I responded to each person that got back to me, uh, you know, and I explained that I, I do empathize and I do think that your um, experience here is valid of, like, you weren't expecting to see the word anal in an email that got sent out to you and maybe it took you off guard and maybe you are distressed and you are uncomfortable with seeing this but let's take a step back and ask ourselves why are we uncomfortable seeing it is it because you have it is it because you think of anal sex as dirty uh, promiscuous taboo dis disgusting um, and if it's those things why do you think that because it's just a type of sex that we all have, uh, or not all, but a lot of us will have. Um, and uh, I, I also posed to everyone, as I mentioned earlier, if I had just said sex and STIs, would you have responded this way? Because I don't think you would have. And if anal is just a type of sex, then I don't think we really have an issue here. Mm. I, I think that's it's a very brave thing to do but it's also been very inclusive like you said that a lot of people have sex like that and you know um gay sex and, and queer sex is always left out of sex education it's always very straight so you know yeah. it, and, and it's not anal isn't exclusively claimed by the gays you know it's for everybody who has an anus and 99.9 percent .9 of people do um yeah. but that's that's interesting that you got those responses because i think a lot of it yeah you're response back was really great because it does come from fear a lot of the time and mm -hmm. homophobia of you know I would I would put money on the fact that I think the people responding to you would not they were talking about man on man they weren't necessarily talking about hetero people doing it or um a woman doing it to a man and they just 
wouldn't have included that in the, in the conversation. You know, because what they saw, what what they're upset was, is they saw a very, very visibly gay man emailing them about anal, and they were just like, "Whoa, why am I getting this? What is this about?" And they were like, "This is not relevant to me in any way." But actually, it is if you let it be, because <laughs> you have something to gain from this as much as I do, as much as the next person does, um, and you know, like uh, I, I, I do, I get a little bit of a kick out of seeing that response because I know I'm generating a conversation and hopefully they will think differently about this uh you know today after they got the email versus beforehand um, and this idea as you mentioned that sex has to be this uh, hetero like uh, heteronormative thing and that if we're talking about sex we're only talking about a certain type of sex we're talking about sex where people use condoms and it's in a monogamous relationship and um they're doing everything perfectly right um but that's not the reality of, of sex for a lot of people um, and so why shy away from that especially when the purpose of the week is to educate people better on sex and sexual health yeah and like college for many people is a time where there is a lot of exploration there's a lot of um hookups and casual sex and situationships and you know there's not a lot of people at college when they're 18 19 married settled down and you know <laughs> um doing things by the book like that's why we have lots of stis in that that particular yeah. demographic because they're out there having fun and they've kind of missed the safety element of it as well but like do you get that response if you share emails like that about the STIs? like did anyone come back to you and go I can't believe you're telling people about STIs yeah I yeah exactly what you're saying no one responded and said that uh, me mentioning STIs was was disgusting or that it was uh, crass or too much it was all referencing anal like that, that's what the issue was and um, again like I said like I do empathize but like probably these people that responded to me really like were genuinely upset you know and I, and I can't say that it is uh uh, and on like I can't I can't tell them that they shouldn't be upset right that's that's not what my perspective is but in the same way that like I'm not going to apologize to someone um, if they're upset if they see me kissing my boyfriend because they don't like the idea of two men uh, kissing one another I'm not going to apologize and put <laughs> anal sex away in a box um because it's as I said a reality for a lot of people that's the type of sex that they have and a lot of people with anal sex are so stigmatized with it that they are so fearful of reaching out for the information that they need that I hope that's something that bridges that gap for them of well if this person here who holds a position of authority in the university who got elected into this position is saying this and they're not you know making any apologies about it maybe um, I just have a lot of learned stigma and difficulty with this and actually it, it isn't an inherently wrong thing. Mm, I just yeah like round of applause to you like that's just <laughs> it's such a great way to to tackle that stigma that people have and they might not realize they have it but when they see yeah. things like an email it kind of triggers that that stigma off and they're like yeah I hate this and it's time for a little bit of reflection to think like why because exactly, yeah. it's like we do grow up in homophobic societies and transphobic societies and all the phobic societies yeah. um you know and, and we take those messages with us for a long time whether we like it or not and it takes a lot of work to undo all those messages because we get it from parents religion society culture media porn everything like every literal human creation 
you know contributes to those kind of narratives so it is really important to um tackle it and yeah if it's an email subject line you know that that works <laughs> so that's fantastic so um what's next for you in your general gay career and in your <laughs> anal sex career <laughs> well i i'm actually giving bottoming 101 um, in a couple of days both in uh dkit so that's another university in ireland and then in anyway galway another university in ireland and um, so doing those in the upcoming days and um, I finish up my tenure in the SU in June so I think I'll be going back to uh, my little psychology career <laughs> I maybe go back to a uh, postgraduate study but I'll always uh, be available and willing to give bottom one-on-one workshops whether it's online or in person you know so if there's any listeners looking for one happy to give it and um, my uh, Instagram actually I talk a lot about, about sexual health so that's accidental rainbow um on instagram if you want to check that out a lot of sexual health information bottoming information up there um so yeah that's 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 what i've got coming up just continuing to be gay and continuing to, <laughs> yeah. to talk about uh you know sex as much as i can um, I, I i do like i like to talk about things that i notice people are uncomfortable with when there's no real reason to be uncomfortable about it other than we've learned to be you know and so I like to compensate for the things that I know we won't see in mainstream conversations like as you said we don't talk about anal in secondary school don't barely talk about it in college so um if if I can forward that conversation I uh, like I mentioned before I do get a little kick out of like seeing the initial like horror on people's face and then seeing their intrigue build and then seeing them have a different opinion uh, at the end of the conversation. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice way of doing it. I think that's probably why I was attracted to studying porn because like everyone has an opinion on it. And it's the same with anal, like everyone has an opinion. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's once you get past that initial sensationalism or gut feeling then it, it really kind of tells us what like porn tells us a lot about you know sexuality and gender and feminism and communication and media and our feeling towards anal can tell us what our feelings are really about sex yeah. in general or the phobias that we carry or the stereotypes and myths that we we on the surface don't believe but maybe deep down they've kind of left their mark there somehow so i do really appreciate you smashing that stigma and in a really fun way as well did you ever think your life would involve talking about anal sex so much you know it's actually hilarious because i was the most stifled like quiet never spoke about like pre-college for me i was closeted i had a very small circle of friends i had never spoken in public uh, to people and then I accidentally came out um, uh, through some uh, technological mishaps. Oh. Um, and um, I, it was almost like a light switch for me where I went, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm like really going to do it. Um, and now I talk about anal on podcasts and send emails about anal and I do a bunch of other stuff like talk about getting on prep and mental health stigma and uh, you know I, I did study psychology so there's some things that I do around that as well and um, so it, it's quite funny to look at what my life is now compared to what it was uh, five years ago it's growth it's all growth in the in the right direction so um listen you've been an absolute legend and so your instagram is accidental rainbow 
Yeah, which that's is it. fantastic name and kind of fits with your coming out story there as <laughs> exactly. well. So fantastic, and um, that that's absolutely fantastic. And you know, again, for people who want to get in touch with Dean, do and treat yourself to a workshop, regardless of your gender or your sexuality. It's always something that we can learn more about. And life is short. Let's have pleasure wherever we find pleasure. So it's a good way to be. So um, happy Valentine's Day. Um, if you are having lots of fun anal sex, or remember all your lube and all your prep, and you know listen back to this this is your homework for um, a good valentine's day night as well so thanks Emil, for listening and i will chat to you next time